What in the world? I mean, what in the world? The Sharks down 3 nothing and win? On home ice? Plan the parade, everyone. We'll break down this victory, this unexpected victory against one of the best teams in the West. And we'll do it right now here on Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is January 18th. It's hump day. Woo -woo. And the Sharks get over the hump and get James Reimer his 200th victory by a score of 5-3 to three over the Dallas Stars. We welcome you to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. You can chat with us and fellow Sharks fans all over the world and in Sharks territory on the YouTube page or the app to be a part of the show. Of course, follow us on the social Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Discord, Reddit, TikTok. Find everything at tealtownusa.com. And, hey, if you want to support what we do here, you can Venmo us at tealtownusa or hit us up on a YouTube Super Chat. And with that, good evening to Mr. Ian Reed. Ian? Um, we, we thought we were going to... See a potential blowout and then end up victorious? What in the world? Yeah, I mean, it was a good thing that the, this kind of went down the way it did because uh, after the first period, I'm like, am I even going to be awake for After Dark? Like, is this going to be a thing that I'm going to be awake for and have any energy for? And <laughs> except that first period, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be a long, bloody night. But no, uh, credit to the Sharks. They came back. They... Um, they played a really good second period and kind of carried the momentum through the third. Uh, and, you know, and, and they got a win against and what, in my opinion, is a very good team. So it's a it's definitely a good win. Yeah. Uh, Dallas is like, as we said, they're battling with Winnipeg in the central uh, up until Colorado makes their crazy push. You know, <laughs> that'll happen at the end of the year. Uh, they've just been on on a roll lately. Of course, you know Jason Robertson started off, get off to a good start. He's kind of slowed down just a little bit. I mean, when you hit thirty goals before the All Star break, I mean it's tough to say for you to slow down. But uh, let's get at it early on. A uh, little tough to to handle. Uh, Delandria gets his sixth of the season. He ends a 15-game goalless drought. And like the first five minutes in, uh, Ian, they were getting out. The Sharks are getting outshot 6 nothing, And it's like, oh, boy, this is not a good start. Yeah, I mean, they were incredibly flat when they came out. And like that Delandria goal, I, I've been a big James Reimer guy. But even I can admit that James Reimer hasn't really looked like James Reimer this year. Um, it's been kind of a down year for him and like that's a bad goal. Um, the Delandry goal is a goal that just can't go in, period. I mean, there's it's it's unobstructed. Like it's a nice shot, don't get me wrong. Like um it's it's a nice shot by Delandria, but I mean that from that position 
that you know with that much space the goalie can see it there's no screen there James Reimer sees that all the way in and to his credit he looked pretty frustrated after that goal because I'm sure he felt the same way like oof that's one I probably want back um but yeah I mean again it's hard to beat up on James Reimer when the team in front of him is so flat as well yeah so down one nothing that was pretty much everything that happened in the first period I thought they played a little bit better uh later on even despite you know having Ferraro take a holding penalty Magna taking a cross check post happened against Mason Marchment um I would say maybe a shaky call on the cross check uh Ferraro literally was like giving him a bro hug and be like hey how you doing man good to see (laughs) but uh you know 10-6 in the shots I mean yeah it wasn't exactly the best first period and then then the craziness happened in the middle frame because you know that's so sharks (laughs) but it would start off uh rough you know Jason Robertson gets his 30th from Miller and Heiskanen uh to make it two nothing and then uh, yeah and just Bad blown coverage on that call. I'm not sure what they were doing, but uh, you let Jason Robertson in that close with the puck, he's probably going to put it in the net. Um, yeah, I mean, and I, I don't really fault Reimer on that one. I think the the first one's the only one I think he really wants back. Uh, the second one I put just squarely on team defense. And again, like they just were so flat in the first period. They just looked disinterested and... Uh, I thought Dallas really, really carried the play um, through that first period. Yeah, and and pretty much into this, almost the first half of the second period, Fox, uh, you know, uh, it goes off of Timo Meyer. Timo, if you want to score for Dallas that badly, you know, just let them know that you want to get traded there. Um, the t- Fox says, you know, fourth of the season, that makes it three nothing, and it's just looking like okay. It's not not their night. Yeah, I'm just like at this point, I think I tweeted out like, hmm, how many games are left? The answer too many. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like and again, that goal. I mean, it's just just they just kind of throw your hands up at that point um, in the game. Right. Like there's just it's a bad bounce. I don't really blame Reimer. I don't really, you know, again, it's just players trying to do good things and sometimes it ends badly um, for you. And this was that case. And so again, I was more just at this point, completely annoyed with the team. It's like what you want to have reasons to watch in like that first period. Like if that had carried through, we'd be sitting here asking ourselves, what the hell are we doing with our lives? (laughs) And what were we doing talking about a game where what the hell Sharks, what the hell? But what the hell, Sharks happened. You know, it was kind of like all of a sudden you see Lawrence get uh get his fifth on a nice little nice little backhanded shot. I thought a little bit there to uh to you know get on the board. Gregor with his first assist of the year. Uh, yeah, no, Gregor. Like don't uh, like Stephen Lawrence. Really good shot by Stephen Lawrence, but. I think um, the work that Noah Gregor does on that goal shouldn't 
shouldn't go understated. Like obviously the goal is always going to be the the thing that everyone goes to because that's the the end result, right? It's the pretty thing. And, and credit Stephen Lawrence, I think it was a great shot. But I think the work that Noah Gregor did before that, um, you know, basically uh, he's definitely trying to stay in the lineup. And yeah. I think David Quinn is going to have a tough decision now trying to decide, um, you know, if if it's Kevin LeBanc or, or Noah Gregor, I think he's going to have a tough decision deciding on who he's going to play. Now, I, you know, you 12 forwards, you could play them both. However, that's, you know, I. That's asking too much, dude. That's that's probably asking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of echoing what Bird 7F91 said in the chat. Can someone tell me why Noah Gregor got scratched so many times when his when his speed is on the ice, he appears to make a difference. I think LeBanc has played his last game as a shark. I would say it's more so the finish. I don't he can't... think he's like. I don't think it's that serious. Um, I don't mean. I. I. I, I don't want to like. I shouldn't laugh, but I, I. I just. I don't think it's that serious. I don't think uh, Kevin LeBanc's time as a sharker over based because again like you can play them both at the same time it doesn't have to be one or the other you've got a bunch of like useless parts that you could swap around if you really wanted to um i don't know man like again i don't think i i think kevin lebank's been good this year i i thought he i don't think he's been that bad like i don't think he's been i don't think he's been bad i i think he's been fine i think he's put points up i think he's helped on the lines he's been on i don't i know he's a he's a polarizing player but i and there's been times where i've been really really low on kevin lebank but i think this year he's been fine like i don't think that i like whatever's going on like again i'm not in the room but like this is a second coach where he's found himself kind of in an extended doghouse with um so you know I wonder if there's other issues maybe going on there, but I don't, I don't, again, you can play them both. You don't have to play one or the other. You know, I, one guy was on the, was on the top line for the longest time was producing, you know, the other one was on the third line and having, you know, trouble to finish. They're both good players. They both can be on, in the lineup. And, yeah. Yeah. And, I think there's room for, there's room for both guys on this team, in this lineup as currently constructed and, and however i am not the coach of this team and tell me i'm wrong but come march 3rd i wouldn't be surprised if they are both still on this team and in the lineup if they aren't traded um if yeah traded, perhaps I, I think kevin lebank is an interesting guy right because kevin lebank has he has another year left on a deal that makes him almost $5 million. So I can't imagine him being moved at the deadline. Uh, Noah Gregor is a guy who, I mean, someone could move, but I feel like, I don't know. I mean, could, what, might somebody take a look at Noah Gregor? Maybe, but, but I don't think like, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be it's going to be like a trade we'll talk about later right i don't think it would be anything like that's gonna super light the internet on fire we'll probably still do a four-hour show about it when it happens but... absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but i don't think you know what i mean like i just i don't i don't know yeah i think there's if you're looking at guys that might that teams might take a look at i think especially for just like a spare part someone to to round up your depth or whatever 
I think there's other guys on the roster currently that fit that bill better than than Noah Gregor. But I could be wrong. We'll see how it plays out. But yeah, Gregor showing his speed. He gets an assist on the first shark school to make it three one, and then uh, a little less than two minutes later. Benino, Benino, Benino gets on a roll again. His seventh back-to-back games with a goal, three goals in his last four games uh, from Barabanov and Eric Carlson. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, We're making man. it entertaining. This is what we've been talking about all this, season. And yes, exactly. Like they could, The game could have, as long as the game had the intensity that it did and finished that way, like I would have been fine. I would have been here and I would have been all out of anger like I was last game. Um, but uh, again, like Nick Benino has been kind of on a tear. And, and there's a guy who I think someone might take, you know, a look at um, at the trade deadline. You know, I mean, he makes like just over two million, I think two million fifty thousand or something like that. Um, you know, but again, prorated end of the end of the year, whatever. Um, I, Nick Benino is a guy that might draw interest from some teams. I don't know. Again, I don't know if the return will be anything super spectacular, um, but could be. We'll see. I mean, you saw what, you know, Cogliano went last year. Maybe that that's Benino this year and starting to heat up, getting his seventh of the year. Cuts that Dallas lead down to one. Then Ben goes off for hooking that set up a Sharks power play. And Timo Meyer with his 12th power play goal of the season, 26th of the year. Carlson and Hurdle with the assist. Not surprised from those two, especially on the power play. And it just seemed like they were... They were making, rolling. <laughs> they were making uh, the fellow fans like, oh my God, shoot the damn puck. But then, okay, they shot it. And then yeah, ran. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was, I was definitely like yelling at my monitor a little bit what um, the hell are you doing players. like just just take a shot like i understand you know again trying to wait for the perfect shot and 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 they did i felt bad though because at first like the tv made it sound like it was couture that scored and i thought oh that's nice for couture he really needed that um but then they showed the reply i'm like logan couture did not touch that puck um but again like timo meyer again you know um if he's going to draw interest, I think Timo Meyer is one of the guys. I'm not advocating selling Timo Meyer, but if you did, like that's going to get you overturn. I, I think it's going to get like that is a player that would get you a a significant return, even with the cap and everything being what it is. I think um, so. It's good to see Timo doing well. Again, I'm not advocating for trading him, but if that were to happen, um, I think that would be, you know. That would be interesting. I think that would be worth doing a four-hour show about when trade deadline happens. <laughs> You're dying to do a four-hour show, aren't you? Oh, am I ever? It's it's I'll like lose my place again. It's like like the draft show I do with Mark. I think I, I don't think <laughs> I don't place at the end of that show. That was like on a very special three-hour fucking holiday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, Michael Flass is the broadcaster you're advocating for. It. Look, the the rights holders, they have to do trade deadline shows. I understand them wanting to like try and give you a reason to watch because I don't think they're going to have much to talk about trade deadline day. Um, but they're going to try and give you a reason to to tune in. So, yeah, of course, they're going to advocate for a Timo Meyer trade and her crossing everything trade, forgetting the fact that there's just no movement in the salary cap right now. And that's the thing. I mean, it's almost like you're going to have to broker a, 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 an extra team in order to make this work. 
and those are going to be few and far between from uh, years past. So we'll be interested. Yeah, I think the sign and trade deals like the potential of a sign and trade is always interesting, though. I think I think it's something that I'd like to see happen in the NHL more. I think teams should weaponize their extra year. But what do I know? Hey, I mean, that gets them and then they move them and whatever, whatever you can get more of a return, if that's possible. If you're going to, one, not be able to re-sign Timo to a team that's going to want him around the team as a future and yeah. and be a sucker for eight years uh, because, you know, those eight-year deals always work out. Yeah, but I mean, if you don't, again, though, like uh, things that Ian always says, like if you don't sign the eight-year deal, someone else will, and then right. you don't have any good players. So I, you know, choose your poison. Yeah, indeed. So three-three after two periods of play, uh, Sharks make that three-nothing comeback. Uh, you know, uh, and then the third period, waiting, 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 and then Eric Carlson. I still don't understand how the heck he got that shot through. Just like sign him up for the shooting accuracy event when he goes down to South Florida for the All Star game because man, that was a shot, what a goal. and yeah. that, that was the game winner indeed. And like, and it was so it was it was great. I mean, and they showed it like a bajillion times, and I think I tweeted something <laughs> along the lines of one can only get so hard. You can stop showing this now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean amazing goal um and, and again like and it was and the sharks the sharks deserved it i thought after the first period they played really really well they hung with the again dallas is really good i don't know about like this team isn't very good but like it can when they want to they've been able to hang around with teams that they probably shouldn't have been able to and dallas is a team that they probably shouldn't have been able to hang around no with. no and I... so credit to them right and i and also like carlson you know, scores that goal on, in my opinion, one of the better goalies in the league. I, you know, probably yeah. in my top 10 right uh, now. Ottinger has been phenomenal. You know, I think he really uh, got eyes open during last year's playoff series against Calgary. And he's just taken the reins when he's been healthy to do so. And mm -hmm. uh, this is very surprising for him to blow the 3 nothing lead uh, of that nature. I don't think the team in front of him helped him a lot either, though. Like, oh, I think true. after the, I, I think after the, the the first period when the Sharks really started coming on, I thought that Dallas got a little scrambly and maybe a little bit off their game um, a little more. I thought it's the Sharks are a fascinating team because I find like they can sometimes really mess teams up with their forecheck, but they can't defend a forecheck to save their life. It's one of those weird conundrums that i'll never understand about this team uh yeah no you're, you're not wrong there um let's talk james reimer 33 saves 36 uh, shots on him uh, finally gets his 200th victory yeah uh good for i mean good for reimer like i love james reimer man um has he had the season that we were hoping that he would have no um you know i i'm seeing a lot of twitter like oh james reimer's not been good this year he's not gonna draw anything at the trade deadline he wasn't gonna draw anything good at the trade deadline anyway um i don't know man i feel like Look, when I look at James Reimer, I mean, there's been opportunities where teams have been in goalie issues. And I feel like if 
a team wanted James Reimer, they probably could have had him at any point. Right. If they if they trade if they offered up the right thing. Um, that said, I still think you know someone might look at James Reimer, but I honestly, if James Reimer still here after the trade deadline, I'm also not very surprised. Unless, I I just think some team that wants that extra goaltending, uh, is gonna call. And you you take what you get. I mean, what uh, Dubnik went for what like a fifth rounder a couple of years ago to Colorado? I, yeah, like goal. I mean, that's the thing, right? Goalies generally don't get much at the trade deadline unless right. you're Mark Andre Fleury. But James Reimer is not Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> let's, let's be wait, wait. Which trade are we talking about? The the one from Chicago to Minnesota? Yeah. Uh, the. Okay, that one. Oh, I was thinking, sorry, I was thinking the one from Vegas to Chicago where it was practically nothing. <laughs> well, no, I mean, not, you know, when you're up against the cap. When you've mismanaged the cap as badly as Vegas has, I mean, sacrifices must be made. Um, no, I don't know. I like, I I, I mean, I, I hope James Reimer's gone just because I want to see poor Strauss man not have to keep flying back and forth from Wichita. I'd like to see him kind of be able to get a shot. Mm. Um but again, like you know, you'd like to see somebody come up and back up Capocacan uh, the rest of the way, uh, and then you know to make room for an actual two goalie system in the Barracuda instead of the three headed monster they currently are sporting. Um, but you know, that's it. I, I'm just I just won't be surprised if James Reimer's here after the trade deadline. Yeah, and Kevin Lacey chiming in. Even at $2.25 million, the Sharks will need to retain uh, half of... Well, it's all prorated at the end of the... It's all per, like the end of the season, right? Like, it's whatever's left. Like, it's all prorated anyway. So, mm. trade deadline deals are easier to do. So Because the way the cap's calculated. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I, I, would, I would love to see one of the kids get called up or Aaron Dell. Um, yeah, or like either, yeah, either Aaron Dell comes up in McIniemi and who I've who I've been a big fan of this year, McIniemi, um, and, and Strassman can you know take the Garakuda pipes, or maybe you know maybe McIniemi comes back up and it's Aaron Dell playing with Strassman. I, I whatever whatever the combination is, like you know, let's I just would like to see Strassman get an opportunity to play more consistently with the Barracuda because I think he's been pretty good, and I hope he's been racking up the. Uh, frequent flyer miles going between uh, San Jose and Wichita. He deserves a trip to Hawaii in the off season after the traveling he's been doing for sure. Uh, Couture would get the empty netter. That would make it five, three, the final there, uh, which would mean Eric Carlson had a goal and three assists tonight. He reaches the 60 point mark in 46 games, joining only Bobby Orr, Paul Coffey and Dennis Potvin as the only defenseman to do so. Of course, those guys did it multiple times. Uh, the last time this happened was 1988-89 by Paul Coffey, before Carlson was even born. <laughs> yes, that's, that, is, that's, that is a thing that happened. That is a thing that happened at a 60-point mark. That's just unbelievable. So uh, hats off to the. If I'm Paul Coffey, I'm so bad. I'm so angry that Bobby Orr exists because I think Paul Coffey's the guy that doesn't get enough flowers because of Bobby Orr. Absolutely. And don't get me wrong, Bobby Orr is fucking great, but 
like Paul Coffee really Yeah. Yeah. No. And did it for so many teams in one month. And for so long too, right? Yeah. Exactly. I mean and Coffee did it in Edmonton, did it in Pittsburgh. Uh you know, I don't think he won in in uh, Detroit. I think he got moved for Shanty by then. Um, yeah, he he's very. I'm pretty sure. I think he won cups in Detroit. Did he? Okay, my bad on I that. Think so. But I mean, I it think just... so. But who the fuck knows? I gotcha. It's so long ago, and I've like that's two. So I'm I'm on the demonetization train. Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks so much. You can pay for the SoundCloud bill later. This <laughs> Um, Reimer with Remenda on the post game. Uh, that was the game plan. We knew if we spotted them three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you spot if you spotted team three goals, I mean, uh, you're good, good for them to having a little bit of a sense of humor with with the victory uh, this evening. I mean, <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh, you know, Titan, the quiet boy. Sharks setting the tone for Niners versus Dallas this weekend. Let's fucking go. Oh, ah, crap. Look at you go. Wow. Me of all people. See, you get me all excited about Niners and, and Cowboys, and it's 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 going. Uh, Kevin mentioning that pretty sure your coffee was traded from Detroit in 96. Yeah, okay. I'd have to go look. We have to. I, I, I want to say it was the Primo trade or... or Shanahan trade? It's something. I, I know it was with Hartford. Or he he was trying to go to Hartford and he wouldn't report. Maybe he hmm. went to Philly if I'm not... Something like that. Anyways, I digress. Um, Sharks win this one 5-3 to three over the Dallas Stars, coming back from a 3 nothing deficit. Uh, I mean, sick taps all around. Uh, uh, you know, after the 3 nothing hole, I mean, they played really solid. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just, it goes to show you how, uh, how things looked good. I thought the other night against New Jersey or the other day against New Jersey and they just fell apart. I'm not going to lie. I was waiting for Dallas to tie it up from like a shot from high skin and from the point. I got really nervous. I think it was Robertson almost found a hole between Reimer and the post and I was I was terrified when I saw that. I was yuck. Yeah, so <laughs> apparently to be fair, YouTube profanity watches focus on the first two minutes, so he should be fine now. <laughs> I mean, I mean don't, don't go a full don't go full Richard Pryor Eddie Murphy, but you should be good. All right. Good to know. Oh <laughs> uh, good. Good for that. All right. So so sharks win this one. We'll, let's um, let's go over the uh, the trades, which means we have a trade to announce. Thank you, Kevin Lacey. So the sharks uh, did make a couple of trades. The organization did. Uh, Kyle Chris Quolo, uh comes to San Jose and most likely going to the Barracuda in exchange yeah. for Jasper Weatherby. And of course, uh, Patrick McGrath also goes to Grand Rapids uh, for that, uh, you know, that future considerations. Player. Yes, your favorite player, future considerations, or as Shirk likes to call it, maybe a slight little cap space, but more more so just a contract limit. Uh, here, you're allowed fifty, and, yes. and now this get, gets the Sharks down to uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. 
No, because, okay, here's the thing, right? So you traded Jasper Weatherby for Kyle Crisculo. Uh, both are on two-way deals. So they're both 50. So the Sharks contract thing didn't change. This is a guy for a guy. Now, Patrick McGrath is on an HL-only deal, so he doesn't count towards your 50 contract mm. limit. And that's why it's a separate deal for future considerations done between the Barracuda and the Grand Rapids Griffins, whereas, this, whereas the first trades between the Sharks and the Red Wings. Uh, so now with all that nuance aside, um, yeah, so it doesn't clear any contracts. Like, the Sharks are still at 50. Um, I thought it cleared a contract, and then I uh, opened my eyes and learned how to read. Um, put my glasses on. Um, so yeah, so they didn't clear a contract is, which is what I thought, uh, when this trade went down, I'm like, Oh, it makes sense. Clear a contract. So it's, it's a puzzling trade. Um, and if you're a big Jasper Weatherby guy, plug your ears. Um, to this trade, I wonder if this is a situation where like the Barracuda just, you know, feels like maybe they don't have enough leadership in the room. And maybe this is the Sharks trying to, because I, again, if you're not losing a contract, this trade doesn't make a lot of sense. So we're going to go off into wild speculation time with Ian, which is what I do best on this channel. All right, um, I have to wonder if this is a situation where maybe there's a leadership deficit in the room that the Sharks have identified and they're trying to shore that up a little bit. Cause, uh, this is a guy who's been in the AHL for a long time, a uh, veteran of like a bajillion games. So I think, you know, and in Jasper Weatherby, I, Jasper Weatherby is a popular guy, but again, I just, I think I've always said like the sharks have a lot of that guy. Mm-hmm. Like they have that guy in spades, man. Um, so like to me, I, and I'm, also, I'm also I've also been very skeptical that there is a that there is a future regular NHL guy there. Um, Jasper Weatherby is going to be like 25 in this week, I think. Right. So I think Jasper Weatherby's probably. Yeah, well, it is what it is. I, I think I think that, you know, he's probably what he's going to be at this point. To me, that's not an NHLer. I think he's a career AHLer. I mean, this is a guy who in 39 games has six points and 39 penalty minutes. So, I mean, what he wasn't bringing a whole lot to the Barracuda, unfortunately, this year. And I don't think there's a whole lot of NHL upside there. So uh, I don't really, I'm pretty indifferent about the trade. I don't think it really moves me anyway. Like, I'm not super excited about it. We've probably talked longer than this trade deserves. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, and, and, you know, Patrick McGrath is just an AHLer that, you know, moving from one team to another, I, again, I, I'm not sure what it is. I would like to think it's the Sharks trying to address a, a leadership void. Cause I think, look at um, the Barracuda this year have been kind of an undisciplined mess. And I don't know if this guy's going to come in and help shore that up. But, yeah, I mean, they've been, you know, like I'm starting to question the coaching a little bit here because I think there's just problems that have ailed the Barracuda all year that just haven't been addressed yet. Like they just continue to fall victim to the same shit that they did in the first 10 games as we were this far into the season. Mm. So I don't know. I have, a, I have a lot of questions about the Barracuda right now. Um, and I'm curious to see what Mike Greer does this summer in regards to the Barracuda. 
yeah, uh, it's, I, I think I think you and what Kevin's saying been spot on the head. Looking for yeah. some more leadership, some more guys to uh, help out and kind of help out the kids a little bit. Let's be honest here. Uh, yeah, try to be that. Yeah, and just I'm just gonna read Lacey's here, like Lacey's comment here, because I think he's he's bang on. Like, there is definitely a leadership issue on the Barracuda. Look at how they have no discipline at all this season. Yeah. Their strongest trait has been unraveling at the seams that the blow of any whistle, and he's not wrong. I mean, we watched like that too. The 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 game against was it the Canucks where Jeff Fiel scored a goal and then immediately took a penalty and then someone else immediately took a penalty. And then it was like, and then the game just completely got away from them after they fought so hard to get back in it. Like just stupid. Like I was so angry after that game. That was the, that was the free one too. Like if you ever, if one got to watch for free, just like the shit that I've been talking about all year. Um, yeah, just, uh, the Barracuda definitely have some issues that need to be sorted out, and hopefully this maybe helps address that. I don't know, man. I'm grasping at straws here. No, but I, I, I hope that's what that is because they could use some help whenever way possible. I mean, you got to stay disciplined, and that's the last thing that this team needs. And or either one, whether it's Sharks or Barracuda, uh, mm-hmm. I know it's been a disaster for the Cuda in that sense so hopefully oh, the last thing the sharks need is like to, to trade for another guy to put it in the lineup over people that can actually play hockey i don't know and again i've never seen this guy play so i don't want to be too rude from him but like i don't <laughs> this is a barracuda move let's let's be honest yeah uh sleepy mofo asking was hiring mccarthy too premature or basically promoting him from assistant because he was an assistant with uh summer last year correct um, yeah, I, 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 someone needs to refresh my memory on the timeline because was the Barracuda coaching stuff done before Mike Greer was hired? I feel like it was, but I don't, I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering that timeline. Couldn't tell you. Uh, I know I am drawing a blank. Yeah. Which is just good YouTube. <laughs> right. Right. I don't know. Uh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, we'll clip that one. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, Kevin mentioning on here, uh, Chris Kulo, uh was a key player yeah, on the Grand Rapids team that beat the Barracuda in the conference finals and then won the Calder Cup. Yep, I, I had seen that he was on a, a good run that playoff year. Yeah. So. Uh, so that were the the pair of trades going um this afternoon for the Sharks and the Barracuda. Of course, I think all the players will be uh heading uh right to the Cuda and Grand Rapids. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's I, can't, a... I can't see whether be getting called up from Detroit unless something crazy happened. Yeah. So Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Um I just I didn't have it in front of me and I just forgot the timeline uh like i said i'm an idiot i i'm i'm a guy who has a microphone and a youtube camera and sometimes i say smart things and sometimes i say really dumb things and with that we just want to make sure you please subscribe yes yes absolutely <laughs> to hear more slapdick shit from me subscribe to this channel oh god uh geez uh <laughs> Thank you. Uh, P- uh, Pichelka asked David Quinn if he can imagine the Sharks without Eric Carlson, to which 
Quinn said, I don't want to manage this team. I don't want to imagine this team without him. Why do you have to do that to me? <laughs> For sure. I mean, easily. I mean, he could be traded uh, before the deadline. And, and he's not getting team. traded. And, oh, my God. Shut up. He's not getting traded. Oh, he's, come on. He's Eleven and a half million fucking dollars. He's not going anywhere. Oh, There's more for him to go. He's going to be temporarily traded to Arizona and they're going to. Send him to Edmonton where we get Jesse Pugliarvi and, and <laughs> Kyler Yamamoto and our first-round pick. Come on now. Oh, my God. <laughs> it could be worse. We could mention Timo Meyer apparently going to the Rangers. I uh, mean, that makes more sense than whatever. Whatever. Move on. Okay. All right. Well, I... I, I I got nothing. I think we. <laughs> uh, I mean, what's what's next? We're we're probably gonna what, break down Noah Gregor and Kevin LeBanc trade options. No, because <laughs> everybody's just getting traded. What, no when... one's getting traded. That's the that's the scary thing. I don't think anyone's getting traded. The, the, or if they do, it's gonna be really tiny contracts. The the uh, <laughs> the the funny the funny thing is. Remember when we used to say trade everyone? <laughs> it might happen. That was a thing. It might happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to be uh, super disappointed. Yeah. All right. So let's... do I think Myers leaving? No. No, I do not. Um, no. It could happen, but I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a sure thing. Nope. So with that, we'll we'll wrap this one up. In case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com. Of course, you can catch us on your favorite podcatcher wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Odyssey. Uh, of course, if you're watching us right now on the YouTube channel or you're re watching the replay, you know, leave a comment down below. Where where would you like to see Timo Meyer or Eric Carlson be tormented and trading to... Uh, to uh, <laughs> going to preferably east coast i would think because last thing you need is him over need them over in the west or worse in the pacific uh but also don't forget to hit that like subscribe and hit that notification bell when we do go on the air for after every single sharks game home and away uh you know uh let's I know we don't do the wraparound, but yes, congratulations to Steven Stamkos getting his 500th goal in Vancouver, just like Patrick Marlowe did. Um, and his 501st, I believe, as well. I believe so. Um, Vancouver breaking out the snazzy new uh, skate uniforms and just in time for Gino Ochik uh, uh, being honored after his passing. But with that, I will hand it to you, Mr. Ian Reed. your final thoughts on this evening. Uh, final thoughts. I have something I do want to um, say about this whole Ivan Provorov situation. Um, I think that obviously, look, it's unfortunate. Um, I understand, like, again, I think like people should have the right to do what they want to do. And I think so I, Ivan Provorov not taking the, the skate fine. That's his right. But you then I have the right to, to criticize or disagree, which I do. Um, but I think... More importantly than listening to me go on some bullshit soliloquy about it, I think what I would encourage people to do is because look at I'm a straight white guy, right? So I disagree. Obviously, I'm a pretty progressive dude. I like to treat everyone 
equally. And I like to be, you know, I like to think that we have an inclusive uh, community. What I would encourage people to do is instead of listening to a slapdick like me, I would go and listen to the fine people over at like over the glass or find somebody who covers the sport who is from the LGBTQ community and listen to their thoughts on it. Listen to how it makes them feel. Cause at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how I feel. That's who's important, right? Like those, those are the feelings that I think should matter. And I think if you are not supportive, I think you should go and at least, you know, hear their side of it. That's what I would suggest you do. That's what I would do. Um, and also when the sharks do good, it's good. <laughs> He's at Ian blogs hockey. I'm at puck guy 14 on Twitter and Instagram. My final thought on that is, uh, you know, uh, and, and well said to to mention over the glass uh you know that's definitely a thing hockey should be for everyone yeah it should, should be for everyone it I should mean, be welcome if, into if open you, arms and everything if you are a person who feels <laughs> that because someone puts like rainbow on their jersey that you are no longer included like that's a you problem that's not a that's not a them problem. that's a you problem if if the inclusion of everyone makes you feel not included then you need to evaluate indeed that's it. we we appreciate and love each and every one of you yes. no matter what your background is from what your preferences are or whatnot we come here to love and support hockey uh and that's what it should be down the road no matter what so thank you for watching Take care, everyone. Uh, we should also mention uh, at the note uh, Warsawski got the puck to the head. Uh, they put his head in the, in the way because it was TNT and they wanted some extra airtime. Um, okay. But he took like eight, ten stitches to the head and then came out like in the middle of the second period. So looks like he'll be doing okay. He'll probably be day to day. But with that, thanks for watching. Appreciate it. Each and every one of you. Until next time, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We will see you Saturday following Sharks and Blue Jackets as the Sharks begin a massive road trip. Have a great night, everyone.